You are listening to You and the Truth, where we will give you the truth face-to-face. Now what you do with it is up to you. Hey guys, Rat and Ralph here with You and the Truth. And before we get started, please hit the subscribe button, the like buttons, and all that kind of stuff, because we really would love your support. I'm going to get right into this. The title of our episode tonight is called The Tide is Turning. And as always, I've got my partner here with me, Tom Gaten. Tom is a, my dad always told me, you got to be the dumbest guy in the room. And I've always taken that to heart. I, I love to associate with people that I can learn from. I don't want to, I think I have a lot to share, but I, I always love to sit with people who can just open my eyes to a different point of view and share stuff with me that I, that I don't know. Um, you know, so, so let's, let's get right into it. Tom. Your feeling, and by the way, our, our, our co-host Rick couldn't be here tonight. He's got something going on. That's okay. This is going to be part one of what we call the tide is turning. Now, with that title, I'm going to hand it over to you, and you explain, if you would, what that title means, why we're approaching this, and then take it from there, and then I'll just chime in once in a while. Absolutely. So, Ralph, uh, you know, this tide that we're turning is, it, what we're referring to is our, our ship of state. Our, our nation is a ship of state, and it's been it's been moving in a direction, uh, mostly forward for 250 years, right? Um, Americans understand this on on the whole, but they don't understand the depth of what's going on and where we are today. So, I mean, I, I would point out one of my favorite phrases that um, expressions that Ronald Reagan said, um, and he said, "You know, freedom is never more than one generation from extinction." We didn't pass it down to our children through the bloodstream, and it, it must be fought for and protected every day, and that uh, we, we must do the same. And, and Or one day, we will spend our sunset years uh, telling our children and our children's children what it was like to be in the United States when, it was, when men were free. That's what this episode is about. And so we have to understand what's at stake here. Um, Woodrow Wilson, uh, president uh, during World War I, um, at the conclusion of World War One, he set up the United the, the League of Nations, and he said uh, we need to. Uh, his goal was uh, to, to create a world for, safe for democracy. Now that seem, sounds and seems really good, except when you understand what his real motivation was. Woodrow Wilson was for scrapping the Constitution uh, or Declaration of Independence. I'm sorry. Uh, basically, what he said was what we should stop thinking about are those freedoms and those virtues that we talk about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And these things that are uh, emblazoned um, in the, in the declaration of independence and and fortified in the constitution. And what he said next is really important because this is where he, we, we begin the slow methodic movement away from Liberty. And he, he wanted to scrap the constitution because he said, people focus on the freedoms and the rights and the bill of rights. And he said, what they really should be focusing on, in the Declaration of Independence is the grievances and that the purpose of government is to solve grievances, not to establish a place where liberty rests and liberty lives. He truly wanted to scrap the Constitution. Now, we're 100 plus years divorced from that period in time, but that is the beginning of the American progressive movement. And this American progressive movement has been been evil, but it's almost Chinese-like. It's been methodical and slow. It's it, it creeps like water um, through the crevices of a door or behind a wall. It's not always stuff we see. I always compare it when I talk to groups as an iceberg. We see this much of it, but two thirds, if not three quarters of it are under the surface. And that's the stuff we need to talk about today. Um, and I'll quote one more. Uh, this is a great Orwellian quote, you know, George Orwell, 1984. Um, he kind of brings this modern day of AI into perspective. But when you go back into some of his other novels of satire, which weren't satire at all, like Animal Farm, um, he, he kind of diagnoses what we're facing. But he also wrote, all tyrannies rule through fraud and force. Think of today right now. All tyrannies rule through fraud and force. But once the fraud is exposed, they must rely exclusively on force. And that is not just for one tyranny. That's all types of uh, tyrannical movements. And I'll stop and I'll say this and I'll stop. We had the first American revolution, uh, you know, 1774, basically to 17 or 1792. Basically that's when we established our nation as we know it. 
Then we had the 1850s through the um, 1860s, and that was a radicalized fight within our country to to defeat um, one of the purges of our of our society. Then we had the basically 1930s, where you had the civil dis, dis, uh, disobedience because of economic problems. Um, we then had the civil rights movement that percolated from that. And today we have the progressive revolution. And I'll, I'll, I'll quote what um, Victor David Hansen, who is, who is one of the great thinkers of our day, uh, he, he, calls the Democ- he calls today this, the, the, the threat upon our republic the most significant threat we've ever faced as a country. Um, he calls it an unholy alliance between the media, um, the Democrat Party, federal agencies, which we also know is the deep state, and, and it's resulting in this the greatest corruption we've ever seen in our nation. But it is, it's even deeper than that because it's not just those forces. It's even deeper. Uh, just I want to leave it there as, as the preface of what we're going to discuss going forward here. Um, any thought on that, Ralph? I mean, listen, I, I could – any thoughts on that? What, are you kidding me? I mean, I could, I could talk – I'm Cuban, so I could talk all night. So you, you'll understand this. And so let me add to this because this is where – it's important to understand the history, um, right? And so let's fast forward from – I told you Wilson. Let's fast forward to Obama. Uh, remember, when he became president, he goes into Chicago and he gives that great speech that – when I say great speech, not great in a good sense, great speech in illuminating uh, the tyranny that was to come or that was building. He said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. So what was so wrong with America that we we needed? That, and he talked about transformation all the time. This is a fulfillment of his education. And that education is at the root of where we are today. You know, understand that he was a community organizer. And what does that mean? Well, the American communist movement was largely inspired and pushed by a, a, a gentleman, uh, Marzani, Carl Marzani. I encourage your listeners to, to, to research him. A brilliant, and just because he's evil, um, his brilliance should not be uh, uh, discounted. Um, he was kind of like the father of the Alinsky mind, the Alinsky movement, and the and the uh, community organizing efforts that began in the in the 1930s by by Alinsky. Alinsky failed and failed and failed and failed um, over and over again as a as a great leader. But he his thoughts permeated people, and he trained people on organizing. And this began in the 30s. He then infiltrated the unions. Um, that then infiltrated both through Marzani's influences and Alinsky's influences, the U.S. government, the communists that came into the State Department, that McCarthy identified. And ironically, today we face the progressive McCarthyism um, that is using the same McCarthy tactics of trying to isolate and push out those elements and and and, and defeat them. But remember the, the most important, you know, Rules for Radicals, which is his, uh, Alinsky's seminal work, his 13th um, chapter of, his, of Rules for Radicals focused on this element. And think about how it applies today in everything that Obama, his team, the new um, 2.0 version of Obama, which is the Biden administration. That's the 2.0. That's where, uh, that's where Obama gets to stay in the background. And Obama, I mean, Biden becomes the stooge for all implementation of implementations of Obama's goals. So, Chapter 13 is pick a target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. That's exactly what we've seen over the last, what, 13 years, 15 years now. I was one of the teachers, leaders in the Tea Party movement. This is one of the things we would, I would always explain to new people coming into the Tea Party movement was the history of what we're dealing with. Because if you don't know the, the how, how do, you, how do you deal with the, the why and the when, right? And, and how do we solve these problems? Um, this is the most radical revolution in American history, and people need to understand this is not small. But the good news is, and I'm just going to tap one piece of good news as we go deeper into this, is that people are awakening. And this is that tide that is turning. The ship of state, the, the, this huge ship that we know as the United States, liberty, freedom, as, Re- as Reagan referred to it, um, is, a, is a huge ship. But any big ship it takes a long time for it to turn. It's a slow and arduous process. But my point is, in about 
the days of Obama coming into the office, we developed the Tea Party movement as one element that exposed the histrionics here, the history of this progressive movement, but more importantly, the tactics that the other side was using. So we were beginning to slowly expose the long history of their tactics. And from 2009, 2010, through today, we've seen the machination of more movements, uh, more citizen activist groups teaching each other and informing their legislators of the problems we face in society. And those, that, those many of which are not recognized, particularly by the political class, because they're not thinking about these, these influences. But ultimately, that is where the rubber meets the road. And today, the greatest machination in terms of at the moment of time is, um, and this is where the awakening, that turning of the tide is happening, is in homes with mothers. Mothers are that incubator in the household that keeps order. And Moms for Liberty is this uh, thing that's been brought forth. And this is part of my conclusion, but I'm just going to tap on it out of Loudoun, Virginia. And it, it we changed a tithe. Each one of these seeds, if you're a Christian, you understand the importance of mustard seeds. And these little mustard seeds are starting to take root. And this is important. But again, let's go deeper into this problem. Uh, incrementalism is a famous um, Sinsu uh, war tactic, right? Incrementalism, you, you don't identify your enemy, know who your enemy is. The enemy of your enemy is your friend. These types of tactics, the Chinese have always played the long view. Um, in 2000, when we gave them first, um, uh, the Clinton administration gave them most favored nation status for trading. Ever since then, they have been on this trajectory like this into the economic world and seeking to do um, devastating things to the United States. Um, that's what the climate change movement is partially all about. It's empowering China, um, the oligarchs. But this is where it, the, all these influences come together. So you have the communist Chinese, right? Well, think of what's going on. What tactic is being used by the progressive left over the last 30 years, last 40, last 50 years in education, right? They have tried to divorce you from your past. They tried everything that you have practiced in the traditional sense is bad, right? They've tried to re-identify, re-define um, terms all through the process. Um, Mao, in his cultural revolution, said, he was out with the four olds, right? The four olds were um, old culture, old habits, um, old customs, and old ideas. Those were the four um, olds. Think of today. Um, out with old marriage, right? Marriage is out. Um, as one. See, they do it incrementally. They first did it with that. Now, I just went up to D.C., dropped my daughter off at college, and I couldn't walk down a street in Washington, D.C. without smelling uh, the smell of pot everywhere you go. If you walk in New York City or San Francisco, it doesn't matter what major city, it reeks of this pervasive drug culture that came upon us slowly and then boom, with a hammer. It's everywhere, everywhere in our society today, right? Um, I was just reading an article today referring to this truck driver who saw something odd happening at a, at a truck stop. And he saw this tarp on the back of a truck and this woman and this guy come out and they lift the tarp a little bit, unlock a padlocked cage, and they let these 15 kids out, um, young kids, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mostly young girls, um, led them to the bathroom. And he identified that this is, this is human trafficking. This is not something that's happening other places. It's happening here, and it's being mainstream. That's what our, our open border is all about. Um, Rick Scott just, we were just on a conversation with Rick Scott the other day, and he said there's 85,000 unidentified children who had crossed the border that we cannot uh, locate at the moment. And we're not even trying to locate as a federal government. Because, And by the way, I just want to share this with everybody. This is, this is my hat, make the Constitution great again, because everything we're talking about right now is about making the Constitution great again. We want individual liberty. We want uh, the freedom of press. Because think of this unholy alliance that Victor David Hansen was discussing earlier, and that is configuration of the media serving only one party, the party in power, the Democrats, Obama and uh, Obama 2.0 Biden. Uh, you've got oligarchs, the tech oligarchs who control all social media. Um, and so through that, I'm going to just segue into one of the, the bright lights. One of the bright lights is someone who is one of those powerful oligarchs, but he recognized 
he cares more about liberty and his mental desires of success than the collective control of the society. And that was Elon Musk, who when he when he purchased Twitter, this is one of those turning points that we now expose the relationships. Without him doing that, we would have never exposed the deep relationships between the FBI, the Department of Justice, the CIA, um, and Twitter, and Facebook, and the other social network giants. And so why was that important? Because now we see that 20% of the of the executives at um, Facebook are former FBI uh, officials. And that relationship using the Orwellian um, tech state to control what was go- what goes on and what goes out, what is permissibly to be said on social media, what is permissibly to be reported, what is permissibly to be known as a fact or fiction, or, and what can be blocked and, and blinded from the audiences. All we have to do is look back at Again, the First Amendment and and the New York Post um, was the first to post this article about Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop, and immediately the the cons- what I call the consortium of evil, um, the oligarchs, the Biden administration, the deep state, um, the collective government paid media, you know all the all the alphabet media, all worked together um, with social media to block the stories from being distributed. They then utilize the, the power of government to issue the influential 51 uh, intelligence agency executives and, and, and uh, operatives who claim that it was Russian disinformation. Now, cycle back to 2015 when Trump comes down the escalator, all the efforts by the Hillary Clinton administration then goes, Hillary Clinton campaign, go to fund a Russian dossier which. From day one, the FBI knew it was fake, but it perpetuated and perpetuated selective leaks and a seven-year campaign to lie and, and obfuscate, um, destroy truth in America was perpetrated by the media, our deep state government, um, Department of Justice, um, and, and the social media networks, um, along with the willing accomplices in the media, let alone the Democrat Party, who is, who is obviously the opposition. But why does this matter? Go back. Who was Hillary Clinton's college thesis about? It was about Sal Alinsky. Sal Alinsky, in the book I referred to earlier, Rules for Radicals, he dedicated his book to Satan. Now, I bring all these pieces to this puzzle together because it's a mosaic. It's, it's, there's so many pieces of this puzzle. But when you start placing the pieces over here and up there, you start to get this image. And the image is, since Wilson... The effort is to destabilize, disrupt, and destroy our republic. This is why you'll never hear anyone in the media refer to us as a republic. It's always a democracy, just like Wilson said. He, he said he wanted to make the world safe for democracy, not safe for liberty, not safe for freedom, not safe for the republic of the United States uh, and people seeking freedom. So one of the divergent realities we have is that the people on the left who populated the Democrat Party have declined. They have become a minority in their own party, and it's been repopulated with um, the propagation of a larger group of propagandists or those who have been indoctrinated. And this has not been up by accident. In the early 1960s, we started moving people from – think about this, Ralph – I, I, I'm not going to mention your age, but I know you're a little older than I am. No, no, I'm and fine. So, I'm seven. Yeah. 72. Is it? 72. 72. So when you were in co- when you were in high school, let's go high school first. And this is endemic to the problem. You studied English um, by people who had studied English in college. That's who taught you. When you studied math, you studied people who studied mathematics in college. When you studied history in, in K-12 education. You were taught by people who studied history in college. And when you were studying science, you, you were being taught by people who were um, study chemistry or biology or physical science or physics in, in high school. So they came with a love and a passion for the education that they were supposed to share with you. And that is what drives the education model up is passion. The ability to teach with passion inspires people to learn, children, K-12 to learn. But in the early 1960s, we replaced that form of education with a different form of education. It was all about educating masses, not educating people. And that 
we started building these education colleges, uh, which were simply intended to teach teachers to teach. That's a weird concept. Teach teachers to teach. And it wasn't that you were supposed to be an expert in the topic. You were then you, you spent time studying classroom management or how to convey principles of blah, 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 or how, how to control a classroom, how, how to make learning interesting. Well, you know how you make learning interesting? You give the process of learn of teaching to a person who's excited about the topic that they are expected to share. And that excitement then inspires people to be excited about it. It's through that energy that you convey that energy and that, that love. So in the 1960s, those radicals, you know, um, Bernadine Dorn and, uh, and her, and her uh, counterpart, um, both from, she went to university of Chicago and, um, Bill, um, Bill Ayers, who both held Obama's first fundraiser when he decided to run for president. You remember, remember who they were. They were, they were radical 1960s, um, criminals that they bombed and killed people. This is what they did. Um, they believed in what they, they, they wanted to get accomplished so badly. They were willing to kill for it. That's not some small task. They became the mentors and, 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 and igniters to the Obama campaign holding his first fundraiser. Uh, remember, he was, a, he was a community organizer, much like they were, trained in the same tactics, but Obama's were in, in a more peaceful manner, right? But theirs was more radical. But they realized, both of them, by the way, went on after they after she served. She, he never served in jail. She served in jail for, for the murder of, um, of a policeman in New York City. But... She went on to teach. He went on to teach. And they were then teaching. This is what has happened. And, and this is how the radical movement has worked. And I talked about Man, uh, Manzini. I talked about Alinsky. What they talked about is infiltrating institutions. Um, and I, I'm going to give you a quick 10, 11-point list. I'm going to read it real fast just so I can get through it quickly. Just a list. And then I'll get back to the point of uh, Bernadine Dorn, uh, Bill Ayers, and the influence of institutions in our nation. So understand these are the these are the focal points of the progressive movement to destroy the American Republic. Free speech and expression is targeted, right? The weaponization of justice and reestablishing social justice, the attacks on law, um, including the Supreme Court, um, making it less appreciable, um, the Infiltration of media, government, and unity is number four. Number five is the destruction of law enforcement and the rule of law, which is different than the weaponization of justice and different than the attack on law. Because there's this, those three elements of it that are all brought to the same, same piece. Um, number six is the erosion of once respected institutions. Number seven is the attack on science, the sexes, and biology. Again, remember I talked about the... the the cultural revolution of Mao. And I said, out with the old ideas, the old norms, old cultures, and old habits. Think of that. Biology, sex, sciences, all devalued. Um, the use of race versus class um, is number eight. Um, and that's important, that these elements. The increased debt upon society. Impoverishing a society with debt that it can never pay um, is enslaving them, right? This is austerity enslavement. Number 10 is the education uh, infiltration of K-12 and universities. And finally, the mocking of religion. All these are used by the progressive left to destroy. It's a, it's a new form of Mao's cultural revolution, but it's happening here. It's happening every day. And the great industrialists who set up these foundations, the MacArthur Foundation, the Carnegie Foundation, etc., they were all once conservative bastions. But by the second generation, they were infiltrated by the leftist progressives and they were social justice became the focus, not improvement of society. You know, Carnegie, you can't go to a major city in, in, in much of Eastern and, and Central America, North, North, North Central America, and not find a beautiful building built by the Car by Andrew Carnegie and his 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 millions and millions of dollars that he bequeathed to cities on the benefit for the benefit of society. It wasn't communism that he was trying to elevate. It was the benefit that those who have, have a stewardship to give back. And that's the American way. And I'll just, Marvin Olasky, if people have never read his book, 
um, The Tragedy of American Compassion. It's a brilliant read. But from 1910, again, this period of time from Wilson forward, we've had the usurpation of individual charity. And it's now been institutionalized into the government. You think about this. The social welfare state is a, the entirety of the social welfare state is usurpation of American charity. It used to be that, Ralph, you would know if your neighbor across the street or around the corner, the person next door lost their job and you bring a, a, you know, a pot roast over or a, bowl of, a, you know, a bucket of soup um, and take care of them. You loan them a few bucks. This is how we methodized our ideas. This is this Christian ethos that we had, this um, Judeo-Christian ethos. We had to help one another. But now we don't even know our neighbors. And that's the purpose. If you don't know the people you're taking advantage of, um, in Florida, if, if your listeners are, are, maybe some of your listeners took advantage of the unscrupulous law, uh, these attorneys who uh, convinced people, hey, you need a new roof. It's 20 years old. Um, make a claim on it and your neighbors will pay for it. You don't have to. You just pay your deductible. This is socialism. This is communism infusing itself into our daily lives. And it happens everywhere. This is what our social welfare state's all about. Um, China's understood these generational costs. Um, and, and it's now here in the United States. I'll pause there if you have any questions. We can go deeper into where this goes before I come to the solutions. Well, we're well into, I think, almost uh, 26 minutes. I could sit here and listen to you. And I'm, and I'm not just saying this. I, I mean this. I could sit here and listen to you all night. Most people, here's the key word that I came away with. And, and I could, every single point that you talked about, I could, I could, from my point of view, I, and, I, and my, everybody else that knows me tells me, you're, you just try to simplify things. And I, I say, I'm a very simple guy. I, this, today's life, everything we do today is so complicated. And I think that's one of the problems. Social media has complicated everything, all these uh, gadgets, everything. We, we have to go back to the drawing board and just understand, just the gist of things. So here's the, here's the one word that you used at the beginning that to me just says it all. You used the word understand. People need to understand. I have my take on that, that people do not understand and they will not understand simply because the system that is, has been implemented for the last hundred years plus is designed so that people do not understand. They don't have the time to understand. I did a segment that I don't think I ever published. I, I, I recorded um, this episode called Entertained, Distracted, and Indoctrinated. Yes. And I think I've got that in my database. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to send it to you, and, and maybe we'll post it. Here's my take, and I'll give it to you in one quick line. And, and in, in the next episodes, we can get into details on each one of your points because your points are, are they're just fabulous. One after the other. You could do a whole episode on each one of those points. Exactly. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to send that to you. So, but here's, here's the gist of it. The system is designed to keep people entertained, to distract them. Yes while they're indoctrinated and if you take that formula it equals control control Absolutely. that's it that's all, all i'm gonna 100 100 you're okay ralph you're 100 right i mean this is why some smart conservatives are we're pushing and we had unity on this for a while against tiktok because that is the whole purpose it's these little vignette videos that distract you from the important things in life right? Whether it's your spouse, your family, your job, it distracts you from the important things, right? Or world events, current events, popular, you're 100% distraction, evade, distract, and, and, and infiltrate. That's been their goal and they've done it. But what we've watched is over the last 15 years, they've had to go on, they've had to put the pedal to the metal because we've, we've began to expose them. So now things are happening so much faster and we're getting so much stuff thrown in our face. This is where their goal of distracting was working forever and ever and ever. But now people are awakening to it. Um, and I used Loudoun County, Virginia, as that example. When people saw uh, during the, the um, uh, summer and a half ago where 
the problems that we were facing in education were coming to root. And then, you know, all the problems we could, we even talked about how COVID has been used in this, but um, we, that, and again, that's a full show just on the, how COVID was used mm-hmm. to push and fast forward some of this, but it also exposed the, the soft underbelly of what the progressive communist wants to do. And that is indoctrinate, as you point out. And through that indoctrination, which they were successful with for the last two and a half generations, this is why most people believe we have man-made what's called anthropogenic global warming. It doesn't really exist, but people believe it exists, um, despite all the evidence to the contrary. But we've gotten to the point at Loudoun County when people saw the school board and then we saw the, the governor candidate, Democrat governor candidate, said, parents don't have a right to know what their children are being taught. That vignette, that visual scared enough moms to say, you know what, hold on. This is my kid. You can do it to someone else's kid, but not my kid. And this Moms for Liberty movement has grown. Now, why does that matter? Because the last person that the leftist progressives want to awaken are the lionesses of the home, the moms, right? I I mean, so, I mean, it's, you and I can talk all day long, but the female of the species is more deadly than the male. Is a, which is a great poem, but it's also true. It's it's trite and it's true. And the real reality is, a woman can do five things when a guy can get one done. Right? This is just Ten. the nature of the beast. Um, this is how God created us. This is the binary creation of God, not these multigenders. Um, but all this is exposed, and this is why you've seen the rapid changes within our our progressive fight, and that is that they're throwing everything at the wall and hoping things stick because now they're afraid they're losing control of the message. Yeah. Well, listen, I agree with you a thousand percent. I've always said when, when Disney started this, this uh, movement, I, I did another, I, I, I've, I've recorded a ton of stuff that I've never published because I just do it to get stuff off my chest. And I said, listen, um, I forget what it was called, the socialist trifecta, they're coming after our kids or something like that. They've made two mistakes. The first was, and I think the greatest mistake, was um, they didn't recognize the power of women and of motherhood. You can mess with a lot of things, but you don't mess with the kids. Exactly. See, yeah, they went. They went for the jugular. They fit. this was a huge mistake on their part. So there, I agree. So this mother thing, uh, I'm a, the women power. You said five times they can do five times what a man can do. I disagree. They can do a hell of a lot more than that. <laughs> so women, yes, they 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 keep this country together yes. and running. That's, that is correct, Ralph. And, and I put it this way: think of okay. Before we got on the air, I, I, I kind of made another analogy, and I, you liked it, and, I, and I'll share a, a version of it right now. So Yamamoto um, had a fear. He feared bombing Pearl Harbor because he was mm. afraid of awakening this sleeping giant. And it wasn't the men who were uh, you know, it, it working in the sawmill or in the auto factory. or you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't them he feared. The sleeping giant were women in the home. Because what the women in the home allowed us to do in World War II is create this the, the arsenal for democracy by bringing them out of the home and into the workforce. Now, it also created the greatness that, that came afterwards, right? It, it created inflation, which was problematic. It created other problems that were problematic. But it created the, uh, the opportunity for America to expand at a rate that had never been seen before. And it also allowed us to defeat Nazi Germany and Japan. In a, in a short four and a half years, right? And so ultimately speaking, that is the, in 39 and 40, we were sleeping. We knew there was a problem, but it was someone else's problem. We're not going to worry about it, right? Um, but once this sleeping giant was awoken, history was going to take care of itself because we now had the energy and then we had the, 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 the wherewithal to take care of it. I analogize us today in that moment in time. And that is, we now see how evil social media really is. We, we know how dangerous the oligarchs are. We know how dangerous the consortium that's against us is. Um, we know that they are sick, demented, radicalized, selfish, hedonistic. Um, you pick the adjective, just throw it in there because this is what they are. 
human sex trafficking, the reason we have an open border is this human sex trafficking opportunity. That alone should have been the reason to stop it. But the, the, you, you can't find a Democrat who disagree, who's willing to step up and say, I'm against it, despite the fact people are being pushed into slavery every single day because of it, right? So they can't separate their political chains that they're tied to with a reality of sensibility that they know they have. They're just not willing to access it. They live in a benign neglect. Um, and this is that moment in time where this is where that, you know, it, when we're playing seesaw as a kid, right? Your weight, my weight, your weight, my weight. So right now, our weight is going down. I mean, we're, we have the energy. We're going down. It's We haven't tipped the scales yet, but they're tipping in our favor. And of course, understand, it may not be five years. It's a generational thing because we need to teach civics properly. We need to teach education properly. Uh, I call the zinification of American education. Um, um, Howard Zinn was a uh, non-historian, historian. He was not a practice historian. He's an anthropologist. But he wrote the most popular history book that had been used in K-12 education and, and, and in a different form in uh, colleges and universities called the uh, – it'll come to me in a second. It's the um, history – the, the people's history of the United States. Think about it, the people's history. Every nation that is communistic – uses the term democracy or people in its title of its nation as a propaganda tool, right? And so when you have a history book that says the people's history of the United States, you should you should know what it means. Critical race theory was partially born out of this, of this work. But this is what two and a half generations since 1980, it came out in 1979, became really popular by 81, 82. And it infiltrated almost every school in America since then to some degree or another, and now it's got some condensed versions. And I'll just say, listen, this is not a partisan thing because one of my favorite politicians in, in American history is Daniel Patrick Moynihan. He was a Democrat senator from New York State, but he was a he was what I call a traditional liberal, and he loved America. In, in fact, I think we've mentioned this before. I'm a believer that we need to make the Democrat Party great again. We need a, a loyal opposition as opposed to a treasonous opposition, which is what they are today. Um, and Daniel Patrick Moynihan became the education secretary, uh, I think it was education, for Ronald Reagan at one point before Bill Bennett. And I think, it, I think that's the timeline. But I, I, here's the part I do know absolutely. In 1981-82, he issued a report on the state of American education. Um, and it was uh, commissioned by the president. He wanted to know where it stood. And in the executive summary, this is what he wrote. And this is scary. This is 1981-82, keep in mind. Um, he wrote, in a, I got to get it right in my head here. He wrote, if a foreign, a foreign nation or entity had hoisted upon the United States the education system we have today, remember 1981-82, we would consider an act of war. That's how bad he thought the American education system was by 1980-81-82. Think of where it is today and the indoctrination. We've seen... The, the radical um, uh, trans movement invading women's sports. What happened to the women's movement, right? I mean, this is how communism has taken over every movement. And remember the last point I made um, in my list of uh, 10 or 11 items was race over class. Traditional communism has always used class struggle, the proletariat as the battle. The modern communist movement is using that Alinsky um, number 13 point of you know, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. And they're using race because if you go back to the other Alinsky um, 13 points, it talks about picking a topic, making it your strength, targeting and maliciously maligning your opponent, attack, 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 stay on offense. And race has been that bludgeoning tool. You're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist. Donald Trump was celebrated by black leaders all through New York City for decade after decade. Uh, until he ran for president. Now, now he's this racist. He's called anti-Semitic, despite the fact that his daughter, um, his grandchildren are Jewish, or, and her, 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 his son-in-law is a, is a Jewish man who helped bring the most historic peace to Israel and the Middle East um, that we've seen since the national statehood of, of Israel in 1947. All this together is to point out two immutable facts. We will not get out of this malaise without proper education, 
teaching our children civics, teaching our children the Constitution, and letting them have that important understanding of American history really is not the critical race theory, um, not the wokest history, not the zinification of America. Ultimately, it comes down to this point, Ralph, and this is where I have hope. I think the pendulum of politics, which is always going back and forth, is now swinging slightly in our favor, and the momentum of, and its weight will continue to move in our direction. It's a, I'm, what I've just laid out there is a prescription of despotism and failure, and it, it's a horrible picture I've painted. But the beauty is the American spirit, the same American spirit that at Valley Forge found the courage and strength to fight upon the, you know, uh, three weeks hence we were going to have. Um, all the conscriptions of those men, at, or most of the conscriptions of the men at Valley Forge were, were expiring on January 1st. And that's when um, the, the great Penn um, wrote this piece and, and gave it to Pre or General Washington and said, these are the times that try men's souls, um, right? And right now we're in that moment. We're in that watershed moment, that, that Valley Forge moment that we have to dig deep and say, liberty is too important for us to leave for future generations um, without fighting for it for today, because it won't be there. We're, we're, Reagan said, it, you know, we're never more than a generation. Well, right now we're less than half a generation. It's less than 10 years and we're done as a, as a republic. So we all have to stand up and fight. I think people are waking up and readying that fact. Um, and I think that pendulum is swinging in our favor. This is the optimism I have. I'm an eternal optimist because I believe in uh, Jesus Christ. And I do know that once we take focus on a prize, we Americans will seek and win that prize. We always have, and we always will, despite what the leftists, I mean, think of the, remember one of the points I said, they've tried to destabilize the institutions we have hold, de held dear in our nation. One of those institutions is the military. Since Obama and Biden, they have destabilized the military, made people angry at it. Um, Afghanistan withdrawal is the perfect example. It was done purposefully. It wasn't an accident of history. It was a purpose of history. They wanted people to be mad at their military, just like they want people to be mad at the FBI. You grew up in an age where you had the FBI radio show. This is the FBI, right? You had Eflin Ziblis Jr.'s TV show, the FBI. These great institutions. People celebrated it. People wanted to grow up and be cops, be firefighters, be an FBI agent, be a, you know, a, a, a Fed, right? People wanted to do that stuff. Today... The left has systemically destroyed and shot and sabotaged and tried to assassinate every and each of these institutions that we once held dear, not by accident, but by purpose. And we can resurrect this this nation in, in its republical republic foundations. But we have to re reject every time we hear someone say, "Oh, we're we're a democracy. You need to stop them in their in their tracks." That's where I'll leave it today for you, brother, and just say the optimism is clear, the future is bright. Um, we have great leaders from which we can build upon, um, but we, more importantly, we have a great citizenry that we need to educate and focus. Well, you know, my head's about to explode. And, and I, I mean that because every point that you touched upon, I want to come back. And I agree with a lot of what you said. I just believe we're in, living in different, completely different times. What takes one second to destroy could take decades and a lifetime to rebuild. You Correct. say the wrong word, one word to one person at the right time and you can devastate them. And that, that devastation will take years, decades, perhaps a lifetime to rebuild. Now True. I'm saying that because today everything flows. Everything is a speed of light. Back then it was different. Now everything happens so quickly. You see that people don't even have time to react to one thing before something else is on them. Everything right. is happening. So, so, so all this that's happening, it's going to take people, their heads are about to explode. I, I'm talking about the average American citizen, mm -hmm. because I believe that the heartland of this country is divided. This is the way I divide this country, the heartland and the coastal. Mm-hmm. The real Americans, the real, and I'm not saying that they, real Americans don't live in, there's a lot of them live in these coastal cities, coastal. But the heartland is the heart, that's what they call it, the heartland. It's the heart of this country. That's right. And these people, these people that live there, that made this country great, 
that really, and, and that's, that sounds like, uh, make this country great. It, it is the greatest country in the world. Even now it's the greatest country in the world. And it's the greatest country in the world because that heartland of America is what made it that. In spite of California, in spite of New York, in spite of a lot of these, you know, Illinois and stuff like that. The problem is that these people are overwhelmed. And for this, this tide to turn, my fear, Tom, is that it's going to take way too long. Because once a cancer sets in, dude, it's tough to stop. And I believe this has gotten to a cancerous stage. It's spreading at a rate I've never seen anything like this. No, you're right. I mean, no, no. Listen, I, listen. You and I can agree on every one of those points. And in fact, I can tell you, as you can tell, I know the prescription of our failure, and I and I know the rap the rapid nature of this this demise. Um, and we are, as I said, we're less than five years from no longer having a republic. Um, it is that bad. It is that dangerous. It is that precipitous. Um, that you know, for whom the bell tolls, it will pull, it tolls for us, um, and it and it tolls. It's just, I mean, we are five minutes to midnight, and there is no time left. But here's, I can't sleep at night. I, I'm an eternal optimist, even though I know the pessimism. I know the reality. I I'm a realist. I'm not a, um, a Pollyannish person. That's I wouldn't know all this uh, history so well, and I wouldn't know the depths of Satan's um, fury in, in combating what God created. Because remember, let's go back to our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. Um, our Declaration, uh, it says, relying on divine providence. And this country was not possible without his hand. As Ben Franklin said, you know, if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his knowledge, how can a nation rise, right? So, I'm a believer in all these tenets and th in these foundational principles. And I do agree with you. We are crumbling around. Every, everything is crumbling around us. But I still believe we can rise like a phoenix from these ashes. But it takes all of us to – we can no longer go to sleep at night. We can no longer um, turn off you know, our neighbor's screams for help. Um, we can't be bystanders in this this revitalization of the american way we all have to chip in understand the stewardship is all of our responsibility and it's not the stewardship to help and i hate to say this the ukrainians that's not where our fight is our fight is right here right now um and it's it, here's here's the reality china is loving everything and helping fuel everything that is being done in America today. They're assisting the progressives in destroying our republic. Um, and part of our fight has to be to stop that. Here's, here's the one thing. Think about this for a second. We have watched the greatest corruption in terms of the political corruption we've ever seen in our lives occur over the last um, 13 years by the Biden syndicate. Now, that was only outpaced by the Clinton Foundation because we've never investigated the quid pro quos of the Clinton Foundation, the use of Hillary as Secretary of State, and the millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars that came to their um, coffers through uh, quid pro quo actions. But that's the underbelly of what we're seeing on the surface right now. Identifiably, the Hunter Biden uh, laptop exposed the greatest corruption to known in American history. But we had a Republican debate last week, and the supposed conservative talk network, which is Fox News, um, didn't even ask one question about the corruption of, of the Biden administration. That's inexcusable. They spent very little time on, on China. Um, I have no use for Fox News. It is, it is sim simply another form of that alphabet media that's uh, part and parcel to our destruction as a nation. Um, and so I... I Good for many of those candidates to step up to push back, but they've got to stop answering the questions that are asked and start answering the questions that are needed to be answered. And say, so when if you're Brett Hume, or I mean uh, Brett, whatever his name is, um, and, and you ask a question, just say, Brett, that's an interesting question. But you know what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about China. Or that's an interesting question, Martha McCallum. But you know what the question I'm going to answer is: How is it possible that we lost eighty-five thousand children? 
um, that crossed on this border illegally as a federal government. So right now, our federal government, the Biden administration, is aiding and abetting the child trafficking networks um, into the United States. This is what we have to do. We, again, we need to reverse Alinsky and Alinsky, the leftists, Alinsky, the media. We need to freeze them. We need to isolate them and polarize them. And we need, we need to do it starting yesterday. That's not going to happen. And I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. And we're going to leave it here, and then we're going to pick this up. It's not going to happen because the, the um, there used to be three branches of government. There no longer is three branches of government. Now we have four, and that's the media because they run this country. The fourth right? state. Yep. The, exactly. You see, social media. Look, we can go into this whole thing about social media. We could. I, I am telling you, from what I see, there's no way that, that this has. God's hand, God's, it, it's going to take God's hand to turn this thing around. Yes, it will. Religious I, revival. I am, yes, it will. That's right. I am a, a devout Christian. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. I believe every single word that came You're out right. of his mouth was for a reason, but I will tell you this. The same thing, when Jesus Christ was here, you know you're a historian. You know a lot more history than I do. The Roman Empire and every single empire that ex- has existed on this earth has fallen apart, has destroyed itself from within. Mm-hmm. Every single Correct. one of them. What Correct. destroyed the Roman Empire? De- decadence from inside. Absolutely. The sex, the lust, the crap. Yep. You see, that's it's not an outside force. This is what's happening Correct. here. And because, and here I'll end with this and then I'll give you the closing comments. And What's happening now that was not available back when you said, you know, Kennedy and all that. This corruption has been going on for well over 100 years. Mm -hmm. The problem is that we didn't know about it. Correct. Because the information didn't get out. That's right. Now, the average person. Now, so so I say to myself, why don't why don't we Americans get together and really are. And then I look at these football. I'm a huge Used to be a huge sports fan. I look at these football stadiums. They're full, 48, 50, 60,000 people, baseball games. None of that crap matters. And I'm saying to myself, how do people keep on feeding the machine? The, the NFL is a machine. The NBA, they're machines. When I see these guys making millions of dollars, kneeling on the uh, on the sideline, you know, uh, when the national – and we, we – we feed them. We keep buying their shit. The, the the jersey with the name. See, this is where this is where I just it it doesn't people don't understand the connection between these institutions and the shit that's going on now. That look at correct. Disney, look at the NFL, look at the NBA who are who are owned by China. You mm-hmm. see? So I'm I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. If if the American this is why the American people are entertained. They don't know. Yes. They, Going back to your word, they don't understand because they're like like zombies. What's the zombies? Go to yes. a mall on a Sunday, on a Saturday exactly. or Sunday, you know. And this, these are the people that are going to turn this shit around. Let me tell you something. To me, what you said at the beginning, it's almost on the mothers. If the mothers don't, this is where they made their mistake, attacking the kids. Mm-hmm. This to me is the only thing that can save this guy. I'm an optimist. I've always, all my life, this does not look good for me, Tom. Last comments, we'll we'll leave it there, and then we'll pick it up next episode. It does not look good. It does not look good. And and you and I can continue to paint even uglier and more uh, just dangerous images in our minds, Um, all with facts, not innuendo, all facts. Um, I I would just say this, and you're exactly right. It's not an accident that Los Angeles built uh, the Los Angeles Coliseum, um, and it was the Coliseum in Rome that helped usher in what you just described was this decadence of culture within their within their country. And it was inflation that the devaluing of their currency that kept weakening their society till they couldn't afford what they wanted to have. And that allowed the hordes to come in is the decadence and, and it, the overspending, which is where we are today. Think about this. In 2010, we had $10 trillion in debt. Today, we have $33 trillion in debt in just 13 years. We, we've grown it by by. Uh, twice as much, more than twice as much, um, 200 times as much. So here's the ultimate reality. I'm a, I'm a man of faith like you are. Um, and, and my faith is this, that on my watch, we shall not demise. 
And if I can share my message with people over and over again, which is what I do, I dedicate my time to this every evening, every weekend, um, every living day. Um, and I think if there's, we have prophets of liberty, um, disciples of liberty, um, advocates and apostles of liberty. Um, I treat politics as a faith and, I, and not faith in my fellow man, not faith in um, people or, or institutions, but faith in our republic, our constitution. And uh, ultimately, I can't give up on it until it's over. Um, and I'll be one of those people who fights till the very last moment. And I will never give up because I, I believe what we have is so important that it needs to be shared for future generations. Ultimately, I'll finish on this note and say, as a student of the Bible, as a student of American history, as a student of world history, um, every, every empire has crumbled to the ground. Um, but it's through his divine intervention, through his hand, that we can rise or, or stay risen. Um, and he did die on the cross, so we can stay risen, right? And so ultimately, I'm placing my faith in this triune God and saying, dear Lord, I have a prayer every day that the republic shall remain and shall rise and be protected, and that the forces of evil, like always in history, flounder to the ground, get burned under that dust heap of history, um, and that we will shine again. Um, that's where, where I am. That's who I will always be. And I appreciate that, and I love that. And I wish I agree with a lot of things. I'm just – maybe it's because I, I'm so much older than you. I, no, I it's, it's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's realism. You're, you're simply reflecting what you see, and it's a reality. Um, the only difference between what you believe and what I believe is that I, we believe exactly the same thing. I just refuse to answer that with, oh, my God, it's over. Um, I, I just say – right? I mean it's just my line – I keep moving my line back saying we're going to keep fighting till the end. And you're going to, you believe the same thing. You just don't think it's recoverable. Well, I'm not, I don't think it's recover. I don't, it's not that I don't think it's recoverable. I just don't think we have it in us to, to, to do that. See, it's, it, it has nothing to do with God because God is so great. Look at everything we did and, and look at what he sacrificed. Mm hmm his most pre precious possession, his most pre he sacrificed that for us. Imagine, just imagine for a second, you doing, you, you sacrificing one of your children. It, to me, it's like, how can you, you can't even fathom that. But you know, it, it, he says, I gave you my most prized possession and look at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What's the matter with you people? And he, he knows our, you know, I could go into that whole thing. This is my belief. So I'm saying even he has a limit as to his patience because I've always, no, I've always no, I said. Agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, 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 and, and we are testing it like the, the most wild child you could have. Right. Uh, and so, no, I agree with you on all of those elements. I would just, again, I, I know we're done for tonight and I'll just leave it here. Um, America exceptionalism has been beat up, battered, um, abused, disavowed, um, you know, just left for dead. And it's up to each and every one of us to resurrect it through that religious revival, which is core to this, to this, to the success of it is a religious revival we need in this country. Without it, it's impossible. Let's put it that way. Without that religious revival, success in retaining a republic will not happen. You know, literally, you know that old saying, from your mouth to God's <laughs> yeah. ears? Yes. I hope that's the case. Mm -hmm. The way I look at it, it can happen. And and I pray every day that it does. I really do. I, I pray every day. I'm a sinner. I'm a piece of crap, just like all of us. And I come to every day. I, I you know, I never used to do that, but I've done that now for years. But I'll tell you, I feel like this country is in the 15th round of a championship prize fight 15 and there's 30 seconds left mm -hmm. and you, you either knock them out or you're asking yeah, and you've lost, you're, you're losing the fight. So I think it's of, time. I think of that um, Gibson, uh, Kirk Gibson coming up to the plate right. um, and, and you're struggling to even walk to the plate and um, mm -hmm. just having enough to have that nearly one arm swing to lift that ball over the right field wall. Um, 
just I pray every day that we have enough Kirk Gibson in us to, to win this game. That's a great way to put it, my friend. We're going to leave it there. Uh, folks, subscribe, hit the like button, do all that good stuff. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to, we were going to do this in a two-part series, but I think we're going to extend this because I, I really want to – I'd love to showcase Tom and his knowledge of, of history. This is almost like going to school, okay? So subscribe to this and just tune in because you're going to learn a heck of – forget about my comments because I'm just – you know, I, I'm just – I'm too old too much of a cynic now i just i've been i've been you, you don't even want to know but you know when i hear someone like tom speaking it, he makes so much sense that sometimes i say to myself well maybe, maybe i am wrong maybe, maybe i you know i need to i need to rethink some of these things and i pray to god i really do that that uh, what you're saying and what you're thinking comes through because i love this country I, I you know just like i love my wife has been here um for a good number of years she came when she was 17, 18 years old from Cuba. She lived the revolution for nine years and she bleeds red, white, and blue. Mm -hmm. And she is devastated by, she's very much into politics. She's devastated by what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I hope, uh, um, Tom, that everything you said comes true. I just, dude, I've been around the block and uh, it does not look good at 15th round. My friend, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll pick it up next time. Absolutely. All right. So, folks, subscribe, hit the like button, all that good stuff, and we'll see you next time. Remember, what you've heard here is the truth. Face-to-face, -face, what you do with it is up to you. You have just come face-to-face -face with the truth. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and hit that bell so you will be notified when we drop new episodes.